In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, the Gospel text and the Epistle text, I want to take a few things from each. I'd like to speak a little bit this morning about this issue of darkness in, in, uh, in comparison to the light about the idea of being anxious for nothing and seeking first the kingdom of God and then how we are saved. All three pretty important subjects, I think. Just to begin sharing this week, uh, a lot of this comes into play this week. Uh, Teaching summer school all week with our children, we went through... uh, the verse in uh, Corinthians about love and how love never fails. And one of the children uh, observing life said, you're wrong, Father, love does fail. Look at all the mess. And I said, you know, our love does fail. But God's love does not fail. So we got into a discussion about how if we are going to live this life that, uh, this this life that where where we see these virtues, that the importance of this is that we, we understand that it's about being in Christ, being being attached and attracted uh, in, in union with God's love, that we can have a love that never fails. A love that never fails. That's the love we want. Um, so that's one thing that kind of impressed me this week, and it'll come into the hum a little bit. And the other was the departing of our beloved Francis Roberts, uh, who was 91, I think 91. Um, the beauty of her life is, you know, she was a great uh, author. Uh, wrote a book called Come Away, My Beloved, and it's probably read by millions and millions of Christian people and saved many, many people. Um, She's a very wonderful, simple lady who lived a very faithful life, sold out to the kingdom of God. Every time you talk to her, she, she couldn't talk about anything but the kingdom and her family. Those are two things she talked about, her family and the kingdom. So those things were affecting me this week, um, and they'll come a little bit into play in the homily. Uh, the first subject here is that of darkness. Uh, the Lord says um, that if your eye is sound, your whole body will be full of light, but if your eye is evil, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So what is this darkness? You know, darkness is the absence of light. For when light comes into the room, the darkness disappears. And so how do we engage this idea of darkness? What, what do we understand about it? Uh, darkness comes to us uh, from sin. We invite it in. We invite it. And we let it sit and we can have it come in, it knocks on the door, it's, it's, it can be polite to start with, makes a little knock, a little prick on the head, trying to get in, you know, maybe a little thought about being angry towards somebody that's offended you, 
maybe uh, being stingy with something, maybe not giving something away that you should be giving away. Uh, but the, the thought comes in, and, it, and, it, and it, it bothers you a little bit, and you can push it away for a while, but then all of a sudden, somehow you begin to like the thought. Maybe you like the thought that maybe it's good to get angry at this person that's offended me. And so you let that thought, you let that thought come in, and, it, and actually it begins to uh, sit down, and it begins to make a home in you. And you keep letting it be there, and you keep nurturing the thought, and you let it sit there for a while, and all of a sudden, what you begin to do is you begin to uh, nurture darkness. You let it come in, and you let it sit there. And, and there it sits, in the middle of your eye, and the Lord says, it, that's why he says, if, in, if I look in your eye and I see that, how dark is it in there? See, how dark is it? And we're supposed to investigate these things as Christian people. We're supposed to understand that we do this. This is part of, of sometimes how we behave. We let these sins, these sinful thoughts, sinful actions come into us, and we let them have a place. And that in us produces a darkness. The, the, the struggle here, beloved, is darkness is just not a condition. It's an energy and it does damage. It hurts you. You know, anciently in the church, um, when you came, at times you would come to confession, uh, and you would confess a certain sin, and there would be a restriction on how long you stayed away from the chalice, because there was damage done by that sin, and you needed a time to heal to come back to the full medicine of the church. And we have to understand that when we sin, it's not, it's not as simple as just sinning and then getting away from it. The sin damages, and you know that. And you know that. And so it's best, beloved, I'm saying this, I'm trying to get you stirred up so you'll flee it. So you'll run away from it. Because it's, oh, it's just a condition, and I'll get rid of it someday. No, as long as it sits there, it's doing damage to you. And, you're, and the work is to get it out. Get it out. Get rid of it. Don't let it sit there. Don't let the darkness be there. Don't let the sin be there. Get it out. Because as long as it's there, it's doing damage. You have to fight the good fight to fight that fight. So how do we do this? It's very critical. Uh, St. John in his first epistle says this, This is the message which we've heard from him and declared to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So in Christ is the light. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sins. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So we do have darkness in us. I have darkness in me. You have darkness in you. So We're here to admit that. We're here to say, Lord, I'm, I'm not worthy. 
If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So here's the key. So when you see the darkness, you confess it. You get it out. Confess it. It's like little Ryan's doing there. He's confessing his sins to his father. This is is the first of many confessions, uh, Paul, by the way. So the, the importance of this is that when we come to confession, when we, we begin to confess our sins, we get it out. And God blesses us with forgiveness. This stole that sits over your head in confession, God forgives through the priest. It's a blessing. Don't run away from it. Take advantage of it. You're forgiven. You hear the words, God forgives you. That's so important to hear. Because many times we don't believe it. Even when we know in our heart God forgives, we, somehow we, we flee that idea. Maybe we're just too guilty. How could God forgive me for that? See, so that, that, that we feel that blessing of forgiveness. And then God gives us in that confession the power to overcome the sin. We may return to it, but He's given us power to get... To, to defeat that darkness in us. And the other thing that's important, you are finally accountable. I found in my confession that it was, it, all those things worked. The one thing that helped me the most is that I was accountable to somebody. I said what I did, and I was accountable to that person not to do it again. That's so important. Because if you're accountable to yourself, it won't work. How many believe that? <laughs> How many know that's true? Yes, I'm accountable to me. I'll take care of it. I can do this. You can't. It's too hard. It's too difficult. The darkness is too crafty. It's too crafty. You have to understand you need help. And the help of a confessor and accountability to the confessor is so, so critical. I remember when I began my confession with my spiritual father years and years ago, there were so many things in my life that I just could not get a handle on. I still struggle with them, but I feel I finally have victory. I have a way to gain victory. There's still defeats in my life. There's still many defeats in my life. Ask my wife. Remember Father John Brown told me one time, he says, you want to find out how somebody's doing? Ask their wife. So ask my wife. So, but we, this confession is so critical to us, beloved. So don't flee it. And this darkness is real, and it does do us harm. So, so let's, let's move in the direction of getting these things out, getting them away. So, our, so when God looks into our eyes, he says, ah, the light. You know, that was one of the beautiful things about Francis. You looked into her light, eyes, and you saw light. Her eyes opened bright with light. You know, Scott, I see Scott here in Iona and Joe, and that was also with uh, Joe's mother, Dorothy, Dorothy Kenworthy. She had that light in her. She, you looked in her eyes, she had light. And she, she, and I'll tell you a great story about Dorothy. This is a little aside because I think this is great. Um, I was at, when it was, when at, toward the end of her life, I had come to pray with her, and I was, I was saying Psalm 50. 
And I didn't, I think she was kind of not, you know, sometimes when, they, when people are old, they, they, they're not really attentive. Well, I closed my eyes, I started to pray, and she cracked me right across the side of the face. It's like, look at me. You're here to pray with me. Don't go off into some place. Pray with me. I love that. I was like, whoa. That, that has helped me so much in working with people that, that are in that position. Pay attention. You're here with me. And that, with that light, that honest light, Dorothy's eyes were full, full of honesty. Honesty. It was so powerful uh, to be with her that way. Uh, so this is important to us. The next thought, um, be anxious for nothing, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is the target in your life? What do you get up in the morning and shoot at? To get through the list of the day? To, uh, to go to work? To come home? To have a little relaxing time? It do, what is your target? God says, seek first his kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know what your target should be every day? Virtue. Because what he wants to clothe you with is virtues. What he wants to put on you, it's, it's not about garments. It's not about houses and cars. It's about virtue. God wants to clothe you with virtue. And when you're clothed with virtue, you don't have anxiety. Let me tell you this. If you have lots of cars, lots of homes, lots of money, do you have anxiety? Yes. That's not where you get it out. That's not how you get free from anxiety. When you have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, gentleness, faith, self-control, do you have anxiety? No. That's where the freedom is. The freedom is in the virtues. Your target should be the virtues. Get up every morning Try to love your neighbor. No matter who it is. Look at oh, maybe 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 it needs to be maybe your husband. Love your husband. Love your wife. Love your children. Love your dog. Love the neighbor's dog. Ooh, did I get somebody? Ooh, haha, I did get somebody. Love somebody else's dog. That's really hard to do. But love, your target should be love. To love. Love means you forgive when you're offended. Love means even St. John of Cronset says, well, I don't feel like loving. He says, force yourself to love. Love should be our target. I was talking with the children, and, and we went through that beautiful, uh, those verses in, in Corinthians about love, bears all things, hope all things, endures all things, love never fails. That's the love should be our target every day. That should be the virtue that we pursue. The Lord says it's the most important one. Faith, hope, and love, the most important one of all those is love. We need to have that as our target and, and see then nothing uh, that will get in the way of that target. So, if then I walk out the door with being, I want to love today, and my child gets a little bit upset. Oh, that never happens, right? In your house? 
maybe once in a while. So your child gets a little upset. Your goal isn't to have a quiet house, to have a perfect child. Your goal is to what? Love. So treat them lovingly. Treat them lovingly. Butlers have five opportunities every day to love. <laughs> See? And we had our grandchildren, some of our grandchildren with us, so we had opportunity this, to, to this, this weekend to love. Not to have a quiet house. That was out the window quickly. It's quiet normally, but not anymore when those kids show up. And then we, even on top of that, we had Lucy with us. Boy, that was an added uh, energy burst. But the goal is to love. To love. Make your target the virtues. Clothe yourself with virtue. Love and patience and long-suffering. This, this is our life. This is our target. And I would refer our, our, our effort here even to uh, like Frances Roberts. That was her goal in life. Her goal in life was to be a virtuous woman, a godly woman. And the beauty of that was, you know, at, at her funeral, that's what came across, was that that love she had, and how everybody was affected by that. And finally, uh, I was struck by how are we saved. It's very interesting in the epistle. I, I think this is such a great uh, testimony to Christ. It says, while we, are still, while we were still weak, at the time Christ died for the ungodly, why one Harley will die for a righteous man? Though perhaps for a good man one will dare to die. But God shows his love for us when while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to get better. He died for us. Since therefore we are now justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by his death, much more now we are reconciled and shall be saved by his life. How are you saved? By his life. How are you saved? Repeat after me. By his life. By being in him. By communing with him. By drawing near to him. Are you saved by yourself? No. Are you saved only by your efforts? No. You're saved by being in union with Christ. And I want to say that every time, every time we sin, every time we make that mistake, every time we have that bad thought, every time we say that bad word, every time we do that bad deed, it's because we're not in Him. The problem isn't that we sin. The problem is that we're not in Him. We're not drawing near to Him. Not dwelling with him. Because when you dwell with him and you're in union with him, you don't sin. We even have a prayer during the day. Grant us, the Lord, to keep us this day without sin. How do you do that? How are you saved? By dwelling with him. By asking for his help. By thanking him when you get a blessing. Your target is love. 
but the way to that love is Christ. And so you, you have to understand that the beauty of our, our Christian life, it's, it's quite simple. There's, there's, he gives us only two rules. I'm going to give you one. Dwell with him. And then you will love God and love neighbor. Dwell with him. Your target has to be him. Your, your efforts have to be to dwell with him. It's not easy. Sounds very simple. It's not easy. St. Paul says it comes through suffering. In the, verse, in the verses above in Romans 5, suffering produces endurance, endurance character, and character produces hope. So it'll come. God will give you opportunity this day and every day from here to dwell with him, to draw near to him. He doesn't forsake us in this. So my encouragement to you, beloved, is flee the darkness, make the target love, and scent your life on drawing near to God. That's why we pray. That's why we're here. That's why we commune. That's why we do all the things we do in relationship to, to the church and to Christ. It's to be near to Him so that we can live that holy life that will affect each other and this world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen.